Welcome to Views from the Porch, a podcast where we explore what it looks like to survive and thrive in your young adult years. Each week, we talk about the biggest challenges facing young adults today and how to overcome them from God's Word based on our weekly experience in leading thousands of young adults at the porch. For more info on the porch, visit theporch.live. Thank you for joining. What's up, guys? This is David. We are back with another episode of Views from the Porch, and I'm joined with the one and only J.D. Rogers. What up? And for the very first time, a spiritual titan in the faith. That's right. Louis Giglio. Wow. <laughs> man, we just shifted gears. I love it. The tone's up. We're, uh-huh. we're, we're what hyped an intro. now. That's right, man. We just left the port. Give him some background. We just yeah, left we the just porch. walked out. It was a powerful worship moment, and we now did, we are we really like did. crushing. And, uh, now it feels like we're on a news station or something. And it was a powerful message, man. Yeah. It was, it was, uh, it's not, we're not jumping on to talk about the porch tonight. We're talking about something else coming up that you don't want to miss out on. But if you missed out on the porch tonight, man, you missed out. And I would highly encourage you, go check out the podcast. Go check it out on YouTube. Louis taught on battling fear, but really just battling mental health, anxiety, mm-hmm. depression. Yeah, you know, it's so interesting that I got my first time to the porch, by the way. Yeah, and I'm crazy. coming right into this series on uh, anxiety and mental health. And, you know, I'm an anxiety overcomer. I mean, big time. Like I shared tonight, and people can go and listen to the whole story. I've written about it a lot as well. But I mean, I'm a. I'm here by the grace of God, and I know what that struggle is like. I didn't know before. And, that, you know, it's so weird. People talk about depression, and it's, it's, uh, it's nebulous. You can't see it. You can't touch it. Yeah. Um, and if you're in it and people aren't in it, they don't get it. And I would hear people talk about I'm struggling with depression. I'd be like, well, man, why? And then all of a sudden I fell in this hole, and I was like, oh, wow, this is what people are dealing with. I had no clue this even existed so I have a big heart for people that are struggling, and I have a word of hope for people that are struggling too, because I'm here by the grace of God. It does seem like that. Like my, um, when I got COVID, not to make this a bit, <laughs> my, my taste, my taste is still off and I can't describe it. Like it's a weird, um, like I really can't, when people are like, what, what's different? I couldn't even describe the textures or the nuances and like the, the t- but I can know this is not as good. And as you were saying that, that's kind of like, I think if you haven't experienced depression, you can't even articulate it necessarily. You just know it's, it's not good and it's not what it was. And even if I can't put it into words. So I really think if you're listening, go check that out. I think it will minister to you and it will give you some really practical things that the most powerful thing, Louis shed so many powerful things. But for me, I think the reminder of my father's heart is good and his arms are strong. Man. I never outgrow it. Yeah. Well, you know, the enemy has done everything he can, and he's succeeded extraordinarily at convincing us that our Father's heart isn't good and that his arms aren't strong. And, you know, he targets fathers, and there's a lot of fatherlessness and a lot of father relationships that have gone sideways. And, of course, he would do that because God wants us to know him as a perfect heavenly father. So, um, it's the rebuilding process of rebuilding trust in God through the cross of Christ and coming to know that this God isn't a bigger version of my dad. He's not just my dad on steroids. He's the perfect version yeah. of my dad. And he's the dad I've always wanted and longed for. And so that's a whole other message for another day, but maybe that'll encourage somebody today. God's not just a bigger version of your dad. He's the perfect version that's right. of your dad. That's so good. So uh, Louis started Passion Conferences 20 years ago, or 24, I guess, years ago. If you don't know what Passion Conference is, you're about to hear all about it and why you need to make sure this January 2nd and 3rd, you are in Atlanta 
being a part of what God is going to do with 60,000 other people. But one thing, Lou, I've never heard, and personally, I was deeply impacted by passion. I went in 2007, and, uh, and I just remember so many of those moments that were pivotal moments where uh, you prayed over the crowd, you prayed for people who were considering ministry, you prayed, and I just, I can, I, I can flash back there in my mind, even though it was 14 years ago. And I know, J.D., you've yeah. been impacted. I've gone the last 10 years. This will be my first year to miss in 10 years. Wow. Yeah. And that's because you are going to be getting married that day? Mm. I'm going to be going to my honeymoon. Uh, well, honey, get, get, <laughs> honeymoon can happen in Atlanta. I'm trying to convince. Honeymoon in the bins I'm literally can trying to. It has happened in the past, we're and talking it can about happen about that. We're talking about starting off our trip in Atlanta. I I'm said, on it. It's done. Settled. Did I not say that earlier today? You did, but I said you should ask Louie if you get married live. The crowd would go nuts. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not happening. Hey, we have people who have gotten married yes. who met on stage at Passion. I saw all that. Yeah, that whole thing you went down. Yeah. You know, yeah. during the lunch break, they'll bring people up, have a little, you know, date oh, on stage amazing. with their Jason's Deli, and some of them actually mm-hmm. made it. That's am- so. Anyways, <laughs> for, well, for our friends listening, one of the reasons why I love Passion Conference is one, the time of year it takes place. Like the New Year is such a time to not just recalibrate. You know, some people do the resolutions and they're fading and all of that, but like I feel like. Passion is such a catalyst and it puts you just in this perspective and this like it makes you charge the hill of what's coming that yeah. year with like a like a tenacious faith. Like a, you're just so ready to join the people that you are with to go back to your cities and preach the gospel and, and change it for Jesus. And also I, I love it because I feel like it's the one of the closest, if not the closest so far, glimpse of what I feel like heaven's going to be like. There is just nothing. It's the it's the one time I'm in so many different worship settings, but it's the one time where you keep your eyes open because you want to look across the sea of people, every hand raised, and you are just in awe of this is a fraction of what's to come. And it, it gives you just hope. You walk away so hopeful. And the last thing I'd say is, is the rest of the year, the world can seem really dark, but not at passion. Like it reignites the light of, wow, I'm not alone. And there are people literally from all over the world right now going through what I'm going through. And like, we're in this together and it builds your faith. So Yeah, it bucks the trend. You know, there's all these narratives out there and I'm, I'm guessing there's truth to a lot of them. You know, young people are bailing out on God, bailing out on the church, bailing out on their faith. And, um, maybe that's true. But passion is a small sample set, but not a real small sample set. Yeah. You're looking around at tens of thousands of right. people your age, and you go, okay, everybody's not bailing out on the Word of God and the person of Christ and the mission of the gospel. And um, that's something that you cannot replace, even by watching it online or joining online. A lot of people say, well, I'm going to you know, watch it if it's streamed online. You cannot reproduce what you're talking right. about. It, and you can't find it anywhere else. I mean, I've been in lots of stadiums filled with lots of people, but not all the people in the stadium in one age range, 18 to 25-year-olds, all living for Jesus. It's nothing yeah. like it. And 2020 was the last time that we gathered publicly. And you just, you don't know when they gather for 2022, you don't know what's going to happen in 2022. Nope. And I bet if we knew it was going to happen in 2020, we would never take a gathering like that for granted again. Yes, that's right. And so for those listening, we haven't gotten to talk about the history, but for those listening, like if you're contemplating, what am I going to do with my New Year's? What am I going to do to start off my year? Like, seriously, I cannot think of a better way. 
And so the question you're going to ask, yeah, what I mean, is passion? It, well, <laughs> we kind of have already alluded to a huge conference of young adults and college students, but Louis, I've never heard the origin of it. Like, did you just have an idea one day that I'm going to get a bunch of college students? You, it had to have been mind-blowing to see that many people, or how did it come to be? Yes. Well, I mean, you know, it's not my idea, and that's the thing I love the most about it. Um, I A lot of people don't know, but I lived in Waco for 10 years, went to grad school at Baylor, and started a campus ministry. This is before Breakaway, before Vertical, but it's back in the, another era. Uh, no one listening to this podcast was alive. <laughs> and from 1985 until 1995, my wife, who was a student there at the time, a handful of other students, we started praying for the campus. I mean, the campus needed Jesus. Largest Baptist university in the world, but that's different than being Jesus followers. And we started praying, started a Bible study in an apartment clubhouse. And within a few years, 1,500 1,600 students at Baylor of the 10,000 students at the school were showing up on Monday night uh, just for worship and the Word. Wow. I mean, there was no social aspect to it. There was It was just worship and the Word. Mm. And over 10 years, we saw the landscape of the campus change spiritually. And I believe the seeds of some of the things that have come now, obviously, were the prayers that we sowed all those years, and we were the answer to somebody else's prayers before. God always has a remnant. He always wants to do something. But my dad was sick. Um, short story, um, shorter. Uh, for the seven years of the 10 years we were there, my dad had become disabled because of a brain virus, and he had become an invalid, basically. And my mom was taking care of him 24-7. And I just kept praying, Lord, I've got to go help my mom. I've got to go back to Atlanta and help my mom. And the Lord would be like, no, you stay here and I'll take care of your mom. I mean, and finally, seven years into praying this prayer, the Lord said, you can go. So Shelly and I transitioned our leadership. We moved from Waco to Atlanta. And when we made that step to Atlanta, my dad died. Wow. And I'm just telling you that because somebody listening today is going to remember this and nothing else about this um, podcast. But I was so frustrated I wasn't angry at God. I was angry at me. I thought I missed the timing somehow because he told me that in November, but we moved in May. And I was like, we should have gone in November. We just missed the last six months of my dad's life. I was frustrated. I didn't have a job. Uh, we were in a new city. I didn't have a reason. And we were free floating in the fog. And I was coming to Dallas on a plane to speak at the old um, Reunion Arena downtown where the Mavs used to play before American Airlines Arena. I'm telling you stories about the old days, people. Wow, let's go. Like in my day. I'm telling you about the ancient of days. <laughs> and I'm flying on a plane to Dallas to speak to this big conference of young people. And I have a vision, and that's the only way I know how to describe it. I was looking at a magazine, and um, I was looking at an ad. I can tell you exactly. This is crazy. I know I'm, I'm talking too long. But I was looking at an ad for the brand-new convention center that they were opening in Daytona Beach, Florida. 600,000 square feet across the street from the ocean, Daytona Beach, come do your convention here, ad. Like, looking right at it. That's the building where we do Passion Camp every summer with five, 6,000 high school oh, yeah. students wow. right now. So that's weird. Was like, yeah. That's weird. That's crazy. And all of a sudden, I'm gone. And I, what I see is not a campus of students, which I cared about students a lot, but I saw a sea of students more than I could take in. And they were on their faces and they were crying out for their generation. 
I knew uh, because I, I work with college students that there were 20 million college students in America at that time. And I knew because they take a survey when they go into their freshman year, a quarter of a million of them every year, that 60 some odd percent of them said, I'm not a born again Christian. So I knew 60 something percent of 20 million college students had no reason why they were alive. Wow. Uh, did not know the reason why they were alive. And so my heart was burdened, but all of a sudden I saw this sea of college students on their faces, on the ground, outdoors, crying out to God for revival in their generation. And it just stunned me, took my breath away. I was like, what am I seeing? And all of a sudden I'm looking at this ad for the convention center in Daytona Beach, Florida. And I'm like, what? Where did I just go? Wow. And it was so, so uh, like overwhelming that I didn't even tell my wife about it for two weeks. And finally, a couple of weeks later, I said, babe, I had this, I don't know, vision. And God wants us to do this. And I don't even know what it is or how to do it or where it was or anything. And my wife is a, like a major woman of faith. And she said, let's just ask God and take a step. We didn't know it was called passion. We didn't know it was going to be a gathering. We didn't know when it was going to start. And eventually we took step one, and that was um, January 1st, 1997, Austin Convention Center. 2,000 students showed up. It's pre-internet, pre-marketing, pre-social media. The next year, 5,000 came. The next year, we moved to Fort Worth, and 11,000 came. Wow. In the fourth year, we were on a field outside Memphis, Tennessee, and 40,000 college students were on their faces on the ground, crying out for revival in their generation. And... We just stood there going, oh, this is it. Wow. And um, that day, hmm, uh, John Piper was speaking, Beth Moore, Vody Baca, myself, uh, Tomlin was leading, Redmond, Charlie Hall, Nathan and Christy Crowder. Um, DeShanes were leading in one of the campsites there. Um, and when the first session got ready to start, we were on this tent on the side of the stage and we're like, okay. And whoever was supposed to go up, we were like, okay, go. And the, the person said, mm-mm. Never seen this happen before since. And, I mean, they literally put their guitar down and said, I'm not going up there. That's how holy it was. Wow. And the next person said, I'm not going up there. And then we said, okay, Beth, you go up there. She's like, I'm not going up there. And not one person in that tent wanted to put a foot on that stage. Wow. There was such a sense of God moving in that place. And there was misty and cloud covered and, oh my gosh. And at the end of it, we brought this huge rugged cross we'd made, massive railroad tie size thing. These students carried it in like 15 of them and set it down on the ground. And we were singing When I Survey the Wondrous Cross and students started running from the back and diving on the ground at the foot of this cross. And then the students picked it up and started passing it up and down the hill over the whole assembly of people. And, oh, I mean, there were so many moments that day. And, wow. you know, here we are all these years later, 2022, who knew? But there's a new wave of college students every fall. And there's wow. still 20-some-odd million of them in America, and they still need revival on the campuses of this nation. Right. So we're believing for that. Wow. I got yeah. so many thoughts and questions. That's unbelievable. So passion is not a conference. It's a movement. Mm. It's not my idea or our idea. It was God's idea. And at the heart of it is just one big gigantic thought. And that is, it's not about you. 
And we are wanting to be a generation that gets the memo that this life is not about me. This life is about the glory of God. And I've got five seconds on earth and whatever I'm good at, I'm going to do it to my very best ability in a way that shines a light on Jesus. That's amazing. What is the 26.8, so Isaiah 26.8, was that a part of the initial kind of vision or? You know, I, I was getting this glory of God thing. I preached on this Sunday and I'd heard Piper. I'd never heard anybody preach on the glory of God before. And all of a sudden it was one of those kind of revelations that you're like, oh, this is on every single page of the Bible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Everything in the Bible is about the glory of God and everything in life is about the glory of God. And I'm having this, you know, total epiphany and my heart is being wrecked. And I'm preaching in Arkansas to about 2,000 college students. And I'm trying to put words around living for the glory of God, how God's into God's glory. God promotes himself, and that's the best thing he could do for us is promote himself because he's the very best thing. And I sit down, and the guy running this conference puts his Bible in my lap, giant Bible. And he just sits it in my lap, and he points down at this verse. And I'm like, what are you doing? We're in responsive worship right now. I'm, <laughs> we're all responding to the Lord. He's like, read that. And I look down, and it's Isaiah 26, 8. I don't know if I've ever seen it before. I'm sure I've read Isaiah 26 before, but I've never seen this verse. And the last phrase of the verse is, for your name and your renown are the desire of our souls. And I went, oh, this is what passion is about. This is what we've been groping for. This is what we've been reaching for. This is what we wanted to root in. This is, this is our, this is it. And so we're still there. You know, all these years later, we're still the 268 generation. We're still living for that phrase, for your name and your renown are the desire of our souls. So I didn't even come up with that. So isn't that awesome? I yeah. mean, God puts a vision in, another guy has the verse, it's and amazing. Nathan and Christy Knuckles and Charlie Hall had written the soundtrack. They were a band in Oklahoma City that I'd never heard of. Greg Mott from Breakaway gave me a cassette tape of their album. Wow. I put it in my car in Atlanta, Georgia, and pulled over on the side of the road and wept. And I went, these people have been writing the soundtrack to the vision that God has been giving us. And now they're coming together. And it was just like, we are in the wind of God. And that's where you want to be in life. Wow. You do not want to be rowing. You want the wind to be blowing. That's right. right. How old were you when you were on going to speak at that? And you got the vision and all of that stuff. Man, that's a good question. So it was 19, uh, somebody else can do the math. It was 1995 in the summer in June, and I'm 63 years old right now. So somebody can do the math and I figure that out. Get it I'm, I'm, I'm not good. <laughs> 37 years old. Okay. Wow. That's amazing. That is amazing. If you are listening to this and you are in college or between 18 <laughs> to 23. Again. No, it's, it's, 18 to 25. 18 to 25. To get those extra or, uh, or 28. Or 28. <laughs> or if you're a high school Whoever senior. Whoever you are, a high school senior team, yeah. you have got to get to Atlanta January 2nd and 3rd. It is so easy to, with integrity, say it will be the best investment of 2022. I believe it will be one of the greatest investments that you're going to make in 2022. And it will be one that has dividends or pays forward for years and years to come. A lot of you guys listening are older outside of that window. And I really want you to prayerfully consider looking around. Maybe you have a cousin, a sibling, someone you know that maybe they would even say they're a Christian, but they are not living out what God wants for them. And I want you to pick up the phone, call them, say, I'm buying a ticket for you. I need you to get to Atlanta Mm -hmm. and to make a financial investment on an eternal investment in someone's life. And many of you are listening. Like I said, you're out of that, but you can send someone else. And I want you to prayerfully consider doing that or answer the question why you wouldn't, because it's only, it's a very small investment. 
And the, the eternal implications are enormous. And so you can go to passion2022.com to find out more about that. And if you are in college listening to this, first person to message me on Instagram, I will buy you Come a passion on. ticket. Boom! I will buy you a passion ticket. Oh, I love first it, person dude. to message Let's me. go. Man, I love it. Hey, I'm in, dude. I'm in. Double it up. I'll, I'll match you. Okay, let's go. Let's go. It's a race. You get to JD or myself, and if you double up, we will find out. Yeah. Um, <laughs> hey, Louie, for real, the investment, the impact you have made on my generation, on the generation now that I get to minister to, it would be impossible to put into words. And so thank you. Mm-hmm. And thank you mm-hmm. for the ways you, your team, just the church. I, uh, I'm sure it is inspiring to see all the fruit during those two days, and I'm sure it's exhausting at times. It's got to be. Yeah, I would just encourage everybody to, yes, come to Passion. Don't don't miss it. Don't take it for granted. That's the, the thing you were saying earlier. You know, it's who knows when the next time we're going to be in a stadium is. Yeah. And God willing, we'll get to be in one this time. I mean, that's not for sure yet, you know, but it looks good. But secondly, please pl- pray for us. Yes. Um, everyone listening right now can just pray, I mean, that God will do miracles in that place. And if you are over 25, and yes, buy a ticket for your friend, but come serve with us too. Yeah. I mean, that's mm-hmm. a great way for somebody that's 28, 29, 30, or 49 to get into passion. Come serve with us. There'll be thousands of people holding the door, awesome. doing all different kinds of things. And we need energetic people who have good attitude and like to work real hard to come be a door holder with us. And you can sign up, same place, passion. 2022.com. Come on. I love it, man. That's it for me. Yeah, and I'm so excited. Honeymoon at the Benz. (laughs) Honeymoon at the Benz, baby. I am pumped. pumped. I am so pumped. We'll see you there. I'm excited. What day do you actually get married on? New Year's Eve. On New Year's Eve. So then you'll have the first to kind of decompress and regroup. Hang out. And then travel over to Atlanta on the mm-hmm. second, be there second and third, and then off to Why Tahiti out? or oh, Bora Bora or wherever. I literally, we have been, ta- we're talking about it. It's an extended honeymoon, I told man. her, like, I was just, she's never been. I was like, there is, it's just, there's nothing like it. it anywhere you would fly, Atlanta flies to. It's like the biggest it, airport in America. It's a hub. Exactly. Yeah. You're, so, you're we'll sold, see. man. We'll see. That's so fun. I, I, love I like it. it because you you don't want to jeopardize your entire married life right here and right now. <laughs> and so I like that you are. We'll see. We'll uh-huh. see. There's, I'm, I'm not going to go out and call it. Right. It's but fine. I can tell by the look on your face that a decision <laughs> has been made. Right. It'll be there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I refuse to say it. Sweet. So good. Well, thanks for being here. Seriously. It was awesome. Yeah, Tonight was awesome. And like, like the reminder, go listen to... Battling Fear uh, with Louis Giglio uh, taught tonight. It's going gonna, gonna to rock your world. It's so awesome. It's awesome. Sorry right. it took me so long to get to the porch. I loved it. Dude. Loved being here. So proud of you guys and what you're doing. Thanks, man. We, we loved having you. And we will take you anytime you want. Mm-hmm. Let us know. But that's it. And we will see you next week in another episode of Views from the Porch. Thank you for listening to Views from the Porch. For more information about the Porch ministry, visit us at theporch.live or follow us on social media at The Porch.